0: Welcome to episode 49 of the J-Bunny's Music Hub Podcast. I'm your host, J-Bunny. Well, uh, guys, for this episode, I was joined by Joey Cox, vocalist of the band Lane's Calling. Realizing, listening through it, that we kind of never figured out what Lane's Calling meant, uh, where that name came from. We kind of just combined with another question, I guess we kind of skipped that part. But uh, I did find out how the band formed, why the band formed, and came to be You know, and how Joey feels about where we're at right now in the world of uh, coronavirus. How that is impacting the entertainment industry and a bunch of other topics, as always. I had a great time recording this episode, and I hope you guys have a great time listening to it. Without further ado... Here's Joey. All right, what's up everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm here once again on Skype. Once again, uh drinking the fantastic wares of the Ghost Hawk Brewery in Clifton, New Jersey. Joining me today is Joey Cox, vocalist of the band Lane's Calling. How's it going today? Great,
1: great. Thanks for having us. Uh, I'm
0: happy to happy to have you. So first and foremost, your band Lane's Calling has only recently come to my attention. In the band bios of Red, it stated that you personally played guitar for depending on the bio you read, either 12 or 15 years before deciding to focus on vocals. So my first question is, prior to forming Lane's Calling, what other bands might you have been in that the listeners may be aware of?
1: I actually wasn't.
0: (laughs) Oh, you weren't? Okay.
1: No, Lane's Calling is my first project. You know, I'd played for a while, just, you know, I've played guitar since I was 14 years old. So I'm now 30, but I never really thought about being a professional musician until after the release of our song, Not Well.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So what made you decide to transition from being a guitarist to being a vocalist? I didn't have a
1: vocalist at the time. <laughs> that's that's I mean, fair enough. Um, I'd went into the studio and I'd um, started recording the instrumental for uh, Not Well, and I didn't really have anybody in mind to record vocals on it. Uh, and I really, I really didn't feel like wasting the time to try to find somebody to do it if, and for it not to be the way I wanted it. So... I kind of just stepped out of my comfort zone, my wife with my wife's backing and pushing me against the wall to do it. I just kind of stepped up and did it and then not will kind of blew up overnight. So we went from there. Okay.
0: and can you tell me a little bit more about how the band came together and what the band's name means or where it came Uh, from?
1: So the band came together, after, like I said, after the release of Not Well. Once we were co- we were contacted by 434 Management, and a cool little thing that goes along with our band. Everything's always happened to us in threes. Um, so three days after the release of Not Well, I was contacted by Derek Sean and Paul Crosby of 434 Management, and then literally three days after that, they had us a distribution deal on the table from Pavement Entertainment, which was awesome. But the band kind of came together. Like I said, after the release of Not Well, I realized I can't really be a one-man band. I guess I could try, but I don't know very many success successful people doing that. So I realized I had to put a band together and. I just started grabbing some of the bigger names in our local music scene that weren't doing anything at the time. You know, we brought Rich Brown in. He was a former guitarist of Flaw. He actually did a few tour runs with them from 2014 to 2018. We brought in um, at the time of the recording of the EP. We brought we had the former drummer of Knock Loose, which he's no longer with us, unfortunately. We but we have probably the best drummer i've seen performance-wise in a long time behind us now but like i said i just started grabbing some of the local bigger names that hadn't really been doing anything and we decided to put something together
0: all right all right so you mentioned you mentioned not well a couple times um i I didn't i didn't realize that that had sort of preceded the formation of the band so can you tell me about how
1: that song came about i actually just moved back to indiana from florida and decided that music was kind of going to be my big focus. Me and my nephew had been recording songs together for a couple of years at the time, and I had never really used any of them. But the song itself actually came together. Me and my wife had had a big argument, and I have PTSD really bad from Afghanistan. And I just sat out on uh, our patio at the time and wrote out Not Well and went into the studio and recorded it.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. And, you know, my, my understanding from, from the press release, I mean, obviously, uh, you, you just said it was from from your own experience, but it also sort of serves to bring attention to to other veterans that may be suffering with PTSD as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that's a great thing about Not Well and really the entire EP. It's really open for interpretation. Yeah, I used a lot of um, my own life experiences in the writing process, but doing so, I wanted to make sure I left it open where no matter what somebody's going to be able to connect with that
0: and so you know you guys got signed with pavement and that was based sort of strictly on not well did they have any other you know had they heard anything no. else
1: yeah at the time i didn't have anything else released not well wasn't even a planned release it was just one of those things where my wife finally had begged me long enough to where i was like okay cool i'm gonna put it out just so you'll stop and then <laughs> um, unfortunate well, fortunately, it happened to be the best decision we've made to date. But yeah, Pavement didn't have anything. Tim King over there, their A&R guy and vice VP, he was super awesome about it. Basically told us, get us a get them an EP together and we'll go from there. So it's what we've spent the last two years doing is getting that together and making sure it was the best possible uh, thing we could put out.
0: Is that sort of their business model? Is to sort of go with an EP first? I notice it always seems like they some, every, everyone I've talked to that's that's like newer, like a newer band on pavement always seems to start with an EP and then sort of see from there how how things go, and that that sort of determines the length of the next release.
1: Well, I'm not sure if that's uh, ever really their intention to be, uh, at the beginning or if their actual business model. But I will say this: it's it's pretty smart in today's business and market for the simple fact that. Record labels aren't offering these bands huge deals right out of the rip. You know, people just aren't taking those risks. And as well as, you know, not having physical copies really of anything anymore. I mean, every now and then you'll see a band, a bigger name band that'll drop a vinyl release, but you're not really seeing the CDs out there anymore. Everything's kind of moved digitally. So EPs are a great way to kind of gauge on how well a band's going to do with a full album.
0: That's fair enough. And and so I'm going to kind of jump ahead here, kind of because it just ties in real great with this other question. There's a question that I ask everybody that's sort of ever that's ever been on the show and ever will be on the show, sort of the signature question of the show, which is, how do you feel about the current state of where the music industry is, where, you know, everything seems to be moving more to like spotify and streaming and i have noticed that a lot of a lot of fans seem to have this attitude of well i don't mean i don't need to buy music all I mean, bands make their money at shows so who needs to buy music anyway
1: i i think that might be the case for some bands out there honestly there's still people out there that there that, that want the hard copies of things um and we're happy to oblige with that but the that, that's such a uh, a hard it's a multi-level question yeah everything's kind of moved to the streaming side of things and like you said with spotify and everything but uh, i don't i don't really know how to explain that i guess it's hard for me to understand just for, for the simple fact that outside of the COVID 19 crisis we've never really had a hard time selling things at our merch booth especially like physical co- copies of things you know even before the ep i i think it's one of those where if you're putting out something that your fans want to listen to and you're putting out a product that's grabbing your viewers and your listeners attention people are they're apt to pay for it you just you have to have that product
0: right right and so you mentioned and again it's tied everything everything is everything is flowing real well you mentioned covid19 how how has that affected your plans for for the ep's release uh did you guys have any touring plans that that had to be
1: that was a nightmare because we had wrapped up production on the ep back in march so getting our release date in september And with all the COVID stuff, I was like, you know, hopefully by the time September rolls around, we'll be opening the country back up and everything. But no, not being able to tour after your initial release, that's that's horrible. But at the same time, we're we're making the best of it. We've still got a few shows coming up here and there, but we're making sure we're practicing the safety guidelines to the T. You know, we want to make sure that all of our fans come out and they have a good time, but they're as safe as possible and they're not getting sick coming out these shows. COVID-19's affected bands differently, it, but at the same time, I kind of feel like it's leveled the playing field a little bit. You know, you don't have the same big guys just out here tying up the venues all day long or all week long now. You know, you've got a chance for these smaller local bands to really get out there and make a name for themselves.
0: Right. I have noticed that, I guess it sort of differs depending on where you are in the country, because for example, I'm, I'm based in New Jersey and there's not a whole lot going on in New Jersey right now, but I have in in talking to other bands on the show and stuff and just following the bands that I follow. It does sort of seem like there is still live shows happening in the Midwest. I know that recent guests on the show, they, they had some, some shows going on down in, down in Oklahoma (laughs) and uh, that area. Uh, but I know that, that out here, you know, I actually just got the, the last concert that i I had on my agenda. I finally got like the email that it was it was outright canceled, which was uh, I was supposed to be taking my kids to see Five Finger Death Punch, and we had gotten the tickets for Christmas last year. the show was originally supposed to be in May, and they postponed it to November, and it was like, yeah,
1: never mind <laughs> And then, yeah, then they canceled the entire tour, oh yeah. man, and I feel so bad. For a lot of these guys, for instance, outside of the band work that I do, I do stagehand work. And one of the last shows I worked was August Burns Red, and they were three days into a six-week touring cycle when Live Nation announced that all the concerts were being postponed and shut down for indefinitely. (laughs) But just to see the look on their guys' face, I mean, you're talking a crew that was running around with a $20,000 production, and now they're completely out of a job.
0: Right, right, right. Now, did, did you guys have anything that was like show wise that was scheduled that had to be canceled or postponed, or was it? Was, I mean, it, we, was...
1: we we had a few of our pop up shows here and there, but as far as having things canceled, we, we hadn't really planned that far ahead into twenty twenty yet for it to affect us real hard. Okay, well, I mean that
0: works out. Um, yeah. Now you had you had mentioned uh, with uh, members of the band that 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 uh, you have you have or had. Uh, former members of, of Flaw and Knock Loose, and I do I do see that you've toured with those bands as well. Of the bands that you have gotten a chance to tour with, what are what were some of your favorite bands that you got to share the
1: stage with? My favorite bands that I've gotten to share the stage with to date would have to be Soil and Pop Evil. And Them Evils actually. They were on the same bill with uh, Pop Evil. Just talking about bands that bring a different energy to a show, uh, I mean they all really know how to work the crowd and it's always fun getting to see those guys and perform with them. Cause I, I feel like I learned more from them than I do enjoying the show, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I would love to have Tim from pavement and also from soil. I'd love to have him on the show at some point. I had, I had Ryan, the singer from soil. I had him on the show once, but I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Tim yet. And I would, I would love to pick his brain both from a musician standpoint and from being on the other side of things, working for the label. Right. I feel like he would be, uh, You'd be you'd be a, a good interview so yeah. as far as touring how about bands that you haven't gotten a tour with yet like what band that you haven't gotten a chance to tour with yet would you love to to share the stage with
1: i'm gonna have to say right now and i'm i i can't wow, how to put this where it's not gonna shoot me in the foot later so we're working on some things but if i if i had to put a band that i want to be on the road with right now it'd have to be saliva
0: okay all right
1: you know, the guys over in their camp right now they're just they're doing some awesome stuff, and uh, back in March, me and Paul, their drummer, had um, some free time due to the whole COVID stuff. So we actually ended up uh, putting a song together, which is amazing. We didn't, it didn't make the EP, but it should be released sometime later this year.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I know that a lot of uh, a lot of people were looking forward to what the future holds for that band because I do know that they had before pre-COVID they had announced that they were trying to to do that reunion with. With, with their original singer uh, Josie mm-hmm. Scott for some time this year, and now this year is kind of shot.
1: You know, I'm I'm gonna say this because I've seen a lot of people jumping on the the Josie wagon when they announced, you know, he was going to come back, and then you know the COVID happened, and they realized, you know, Bobby was going to be there for a while longer. I got to say this: I got to catch saliva. What was it? Three weeks ago in Fort Wayne, and as far as having a singer meet and surpass every expert expectation Bobby has really stepped in and made that band his own
0: oh so, yeah no I definitely don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm discounting him I've seen them <laughs> yeah, I've no. seen them with him as well and he's fantastic yeah
1: yeah no I've, seen, uh, I've, I've gotten to, to, see to see them
0: with, with both singers, So I've
1: seen some posts at, earlier today I was go, going through the book of faces you know and I had seen where some people were commenting on the saliva show stuff it, it blows me away that sometimes when you have that one member that leaves how many of your fans leave that following following as well Right, right. Yeah,
0: and that's actually, you know, it's funny because in addition to doing these episodes of the show where I interview musicians such as yourself, I also will do... I'll have conversations just with friends sometimes. I'll get a couple of people on Skype and we'll, we'll just talk about a subject. And one of the things that I wanted to have, uh, one of the shows I w- would like to do at some point in the future is actually about that very topic because you have people that, you know, I, I've, I've found in having conversations with people that, you know, I, everyone has their, their preferences as to, you know, what which, Lineup of a band is their favorite or which lineup of a band is the real one. Yeah, you know, and so I I I felt I feel like that would be that would be a good, uh, you know, that would be a good topic to just to just bullshit with some people about on here for an hour. Um, you know,
1: right? You come up with some good stuff on that one.
0: Definitely, definitely. So before COVID, it seemed like the music industry was sort of transitioning on it from a touring standpoint. It seemed like the industry was transitioning from the traveling music fests, like the Ozfest, the Mayhem, the Warp Tour, to more of like the weekend-long destination festivals, like Sonic Temple, which is formerly Rock on the Range, and those kind of things.
1: What Danny Wimmer and those guys are doing over in his camp, it, yeah, it, it's amazing (laughs) yeah so
0: what i'd wanted to ask is because like and you said it yourself before that the the way that COVID has impacted everything everything is sort of resetting it's sort of you know resetting the stage and, and leveling the playing field so how do you how do you think once once like touring is more of a widespread thing that's allowed to happen i mean obviously there were ones for this year that were postponed that are gonna happen next year but do you see like the touring like Ozfest type thing coming back or do you think that the focus is still going to be on those weekend-long destinations
1: i i think once again that's a multi-level question i think it could really go both ways um i think you're going to see a lot of these pop-up promoters is what I like to call them. And they're the guys that really haven't spent a whole lot of time in this business. But now that the playing field's leveled, you're going to be able, and I hate to say it, but you're going to be able to get national acts and these bigger name acts at cheaper prices because nobody's doing anything right now. So you're going to start seeing a lot of these pop-up promoters. And I think you're going to see, you know, some of these traveling festivals, so to speak. Now, are they going to rival the four and five day long festivals at Danny Wimmers? you're doing probably not the first few years but if you can get the a promoter that you know knows how to book and book at the right prices and knows how to actually promote his show i think you could have a lot more of these uh traveling festivals
0: yeah i mean i do know that uh again pre-covid they were talking about bringing back the mayhem festival and and then you know that got that got put on hold because of covid but I think that, you know, I did see that there was a press release and I wish that I could remember now, you know, they, they're basically that the, the Mayhem Festival that's going to happen again. It was it's under some umbrella of it's like one of the one of the old uh, like metal magazines that used to be a big deal that isn't that, you know, the magazine doesn't exist anymore, but they were bringing back the branding. And they were gonna be doing the mayhem, and I think that they they hired uh, Matt Pinfield, who used to be on MTV, as like an executive, oh, wow. and and they were gonna be bringing back like the uh, the Golden Gods Medal Awards and all this stuff. So like, there's plans, and like I said, mayhem is in those plans. But I don't know, uh, who knows when when the fuck the world is even gonna be yeah know, normal I enough for that to occur. it's
1: gonna take somebody that's not afraid to take the risk and has some money to invest. I mean, that's where we're kind of at in the whole, in the entire music business. You know, a lot of people lost a lot of money canceling these concerts. We went from a $53 billion a year business to not even a quarter of that in less than six months. So that's where it can really easily go either way.
0: I mean, I know that whenever, whenever it comes back, I, you know, I'll definitely be going, you know, I, I, I can't just stop. I mean, I have had to stop going to shows, but, you know, it's sort of, you know, for especially and it seems especially so more so for fans of rock and metal than uh, than any other genre of music that like, I mean, obviously other other genres have concerts and stuff, but it really seems like concert going is like a way of life for the metalhead. You know, like I'm, I'm going to be 37 in a couple of weeks. I went to my first concert when I was 17, so I've been going to concerts for 20 years and I've averaged like I did the math once i averaged two a month for the last 20 years until COVID happened
1: wow i think a lot of people share the same feel the same way you do on that you know i think a lot of people are ready for the live shows to return
0: right now with COVID, they've been doing a lot of there's been a lot of working around the absence of live shows by doing other things virtual shows both and and not just metal bands but but like i was saying the uh, i'm big into the renaissance fair like online ren fairs they've been doing online they, they started this uh comedy club called the nowhere comedy club where it's all zoom shows and then they've also been doing this thing now where bands are also doing and i think that the very first one was was actually garth brooks and a couple of country artists and then metallica did one where they're filming concerts and then showing them at drive-in movie theaters like how do you feel about about these things these online streaming shows and these these drive-in shows that bands are trying to do to and and not again not just bands any live entertainment is doing yeah. to sort of work around the fact that they can't do in-person live entertainment right now.
1: I, I'm all for it. I think it's a great thing that uh, musicians and entertainers are trying to do to begin with personally, not really for me or, you know, our, our band, just for the simple fact, you. I'm very, one of those. I, I, when I go see a show, I want to feel, the bass hit me in the chest. I want to feel the emotion that these musicians have and everything else. So for me to go watch somebody on um, a big screen, I kind of feel like I could do that already with YouTube. But at the same time, I I respect anybody that's out there doing that right now. You know, we're all trying to find new ways to bring entertainment to the masses. So if they're out there doing it, by all means, more power to them. Personally, for me, just not my thing.
0: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I actually just, uh, just got a notification... Speaking of Renaissance fairs and stuff, just got a notification from uh, my friend, Daniel Greenwolf, who's a who's a Renaissance fair magician who's he's going to be doing a, uh, a live magic show online uh, sometime soon. So the, the only other thing that I wanted to ask you sort of sort of wrapping things up is with everything going on with with COVID not being able to tour. I mean, g- I generally end with this question anyway of what's next for you in the band. But with the added wrinkle of since there's limited touring, although there is some now, like I said, in certain areas of the country, you know, this always uh, this seems to be a good time to be working on new music. So, do you guys have have any anything any any of that in the works, or what's next I mean, for for the band?
1: We've been working on new music since uh, the whole COVID thing kind of hit. You know, there's a way for us to stay busy while everything's kind of slowed down. With that said, you know, we have LRS Fest. We're playing that October 3rd, which is going to be pretty awesome. We're really excited to be on the bill. We've got a lot of uh, local support on that, which is going to be great. Other than that, just kind of taking it day by day. We're continuing to monitoring what the tour situation is going to look like and when we're going to be able to get back out on the road and go full time at this, if ever, you know, I know there's starting to be a lot of tours being announced for 2021. So hopefully that's a good sign.
0: I really hope that 2021 happens. I, I really don't want it to see, to, to see it be another year where things are supposed to happen and then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like yeah. I said, I'd like to get back to, I'm sure everybody else, everybody else would like to as well, would just like to get back to life as it was. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, we're in a really bad episode of Groundhog Day. I don't know. It, it's one of those where I, I think the strong are going to survive and adapt, and the ones that weren't meant to do this, they're going to find something else to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. have uh, now. Oh, well, that, that actually leads me to to one other one other question. Actually, just something that I've noticed is that right now, again, because of COVID, that there are a, not a lot, but there's more than a few. Uh, that I've seen just in this area, the New York, New Jersey area of like bars and smaller music venues that are being forced to close just because they can't afford to pay their rent in this time where like nobody is able to, you know, they they can't pay their rent because they can't open. And, um, and you know. it's so
1: sad. Another thing I do, I used to bartend. So to watch and see a lot of these music video venues and, really, I think what aggravates me the most about it is you have these governors and these mayors that are making these regulations, but it seems like they're targeting the music venues and the bars and the restaurants. But what about, you know, does COVID stop at Walmart? Does COVID stop at Lowe's when there's 50,000 people jammed in one line? Uh, I, I feel like if you're going to attack one, you, you should probably level the playing field to make it fair for everybody. I just, I don't get the difference in the essential business and the non-essential business thing. I don't, I just I don't see a virus discriminating where and when it can attack. I mean that's just my thought process on it. I mean it's very aggravating to watch all these places and businesses get to reopen and open their doors while the entertainment industry continues to struggle and musicians and production teams are struggling but i, I can go to walmart and stand next to somebody 3 feet away from me and wait in the same line
0: yeah i i, I can you know I, I get that i can get the, the the frustration there you know like i said I'm, I'm i'm a ren fair person renaissance fair person and the the renaissance fair that i typically go to uh in in new york uh it has opted to close this year uh there's one a few hours away in pennsylvania that has opted to open and i was i was actually hanging with a friend the other day and i was like you know pa is open what do you think you know because i want to go i miss the renaissance fair i miss the 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 environment that that brings and the friends that that brings but i don't know like i really want to go but i don't know i don't know if i want to take the
1: risk Yeah, I mean, my wife is very high risk. She has a lot of medical ailments that put her very high risk for COVID-19. And I I just try to take the best precautions I can and try to be as safe as I can. But at the end of the day, I can't live my life in fear until the end of my days. You know, it's one of those where eventually life's going to go back on and I'd like to be in front of it this time.
0: Well, you know, I definitely hope like I said that it's that it's sooner rather than later, but it also has to make sense but but you know whenever it does, you know I would imagine that at some point in time you know you guys will come through. Have you ever played in in like this area the New Jersey uh, New York area?
1: I have not One of my top 10 places that I want to play that I wanted to play this year was Ashbury Park in New Jersey, you know, but that kind of got shut down with everything else. <laughs>
0: I actually wasn't the first time but I actually cuz you mentioned Saliva earlier I I actually saw them down at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park back in 2004 yeah 2004 they oh, were yeah. headlining they were headlining down there um so I've been you know yeah I'm, it, that's 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 a bit cuz I'm in I'm in North Jersey so that's you know going all the way down south like that is a hike but that is a that is a that is a great venue Uh, And I also like they do a thing uh, there at the Stone Pony in the summertime uh, because that's a smaller indoor venue. But in the summertime, they have like a back parking lot. They'll set up a stage in the back. They call it the summer stage. And, uh, you know, they'll do like bigger shows in the summertime there. I know I took my son to see um, Shinedown play there a bunch of years back. Yeah, it was in the like I said, it was in the back parking lot. It was the Carnival Madness Tour. I think that year's lineup was eh, obviously Shinedown. Uh, in this moment, was on that tour. Uh, I think on other dates of the tour, Papa Roach was on, but on the particular night that we went to, was uh, Seven Dust instead. Uh, oh, that's all. Yeah, it was a great, great fucking show. But uh, yeah, man. So like, uh, I'm I'm really hoping that that uh, once once everything opens back up and uh, touring is possible, that you guys can come through this way and yeah, I can uh, say hello in person.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'd love to all
0: right. Well, uh, that's, that's about all I got for you before I let you go. Is there any, uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to plug any, any parting hey, remark?
1: Uh, you know, other than then, REP is available now on all streaming platforms. Um, pick that up today and thank you for having us on, man. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
1: talk this is 17 Armageddon fire for effect over.
0: And from their self-titled EP, that was Lane's Calling with Die For It. I want to thank Joey for being on the show. If you want to follow Lane's Calling on social media, you can find them on Facebook at Lane's Calling, and that's spelled L-A-Y-N-E-S-C-A-L-L-I-N-G, and on Instagram at Lane's underscore calling. Same spelling. You can also follow Jay Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Uh, like I said a couple episodes back, I have ideas for the Patreon. I just need to start to to implement them. also don't want you guys to forget that this podcast is a member of the. CKCC Radio Network, so please be sure to follow CKCC Radio on Facebook, and uh, uh, they have a Patreon as well, you're certainly welcome to, to donate to that if you want to help the, the channel as a whole. Also, don't forget that if you support music in the way that I do, by buying it, follow Industry Embers at Industry Embers on Twitter or Facebook, and either tweet or post your music purchases with the hashtag buy music. B U Y, or it's by music. B Y E. Um, now, as for what's next for this show, um, the way that things have fallen, I've I've already got the next episode recorded. I didn't even realize the next episode is episode 50. I mean, it's kind of weird that it took me three years to get to get there, but uh, episode 50, and 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 because it's already recorded, I can tell you that the guest for that episode is actually someone who's been on the show twice before the mastermind behind the band The Silencer, Charlie Corletta, uh, will be joining me for episode 50. Um, So be sure to check that out. I'm hoping to get it posted sometime next week. As for what else the future holds, I do have some other interviews already scheduled. I do have some feelers out for some other stuff that may or may not happen. Who knows? Like I've always said, this happens as it happens, when it happens, you know, everything. There's no schedule and, and who knows. So that's about all I've got for you guys today. I'm going to leave you guys today with another song from the Lanes Calling self-titled EP. This is the song Not Well. I, I figure that we we mentioned it so much and it was the catalyst for this band forming that uh, it would not make sense to to not share that song with you guys. So this is Not Well. Until next time, guys.